Chapter Three of Aunt Jane's Nieces on the Ranch by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Three. That blessed baby. Oh, you darling! It's my turn, Patsy. Don't be selfish. Let me kiss her again. That's enough, Beth. Here, give me my niece. She's mine too. Give me that baby. There, you've made her cry. I haven't. She's laughing because I kissed her wee nose. Isn't she a dear, though? Now, girls, suggested Louise, suppose we give Uncle John and the Major a peep at her. Reluctantly, the bundle was abandoned to its mother, who carried it to where Mr. Merrick was nervously standing. Yes, yes, he said, touching one cheek gently with the tip of his finger. It, it's a fine child, Louise. Really, a, a creditable child. But, er, uh, isn't it rather soft? Of course, Uncle John, all babies are soft. Aren't you going to kiss little Jane? It won't hurt it. Not a bit. Haven't Beth and Patsy nearly kissed its skin off? Babies, asserted Major Doyle stiffly, were made to be kissed. Anyhow, that's the penalty they pay for being born helpless. And with this, he kissed little Jane on both cheeks with evident satisfaction. This bravado encouraged Uncle John to do likewise, but after the operation he looked sheepish and awkward, as if he felt that he had taken an unfair advantage of the wee lady. "'She seems very red, Louise,' he remarked, to cover his embarrassment. "'Oh, no, Uncle. Everyone says she's the whitest baby of her age they ever saw. She's only five months old, remember?' dear me how very young but she's getting older every day said arthur coming in from the garage what do you folks think of her anyhow the rhapsodies were fairly bewildering yet very pleasant to the young father and mother while they continued mildred travers quietly took the child from louise and tenderly bent over it only the major noted the little scene that ensued the eyes of the dark-skinned Mexican girl flashed sudden fire. She pulled Mildred's sleeve and then fell back discomforted as the cold, fathomless eyes of the trained nurse met her own. For an instant the girl stood irresolute. Then, with a quick, unexpected motion, she tore the infant from Mildred's arms and rushed into the house with it. Arthur, noticing this last action, laughed lightly. The Major frowned. Mildred folded her arms and stood in the background, unmoved and unobtrusive. Louise was chatting volubly with her two cousins. "'Was that the same Mexican girl who fed the baby chili con carne?' asked Uncle John, anxiously. "'Mercy, no!' cried Arthur. "'Whatever put such an idea into your head?' "'I believe the Major suggested it,' replied the little man. "'Anyhow, it was something hot, so Louise wrote.' Oh, yes, when Toodlums had the colic. It was some queer Mexican remedy, but I'm confident it saved the child's life. The girl is a treasure. Uncle John coughed and glanced uneasily at Miss Travers, who pretended not to have overheard this conversation. But the Major was highly amused and decided it was a good joke on Mr. Merrick. It was so good a joke that it might serve as a basis for many cutting remarks in future discussions. His brother-in-law was so seldom guilty of an error in judgment that Major Doyle, who loved to oppose him because he was so fond of him, hailed Uncle John's present predicament with pure joy. 
louise created a welcome diversion by ushering them all into the house and through the stately rooms to the open court where a luncheon table was set beneath the shade of the palms here was the baby again and the mexican girl inez hugging it defiantly to her bosom as she sat upon a stone bench between the infant the excitement of arrival and admiration for the weldon establishment so far surpassing their most ardent anticipations beth and patsy had little desire for food uncle john and the major however did ample justice to an excellent repast which was served by two more mexican maids do you employ only mexicans for servants inquired uncle john when finally the men were left alone to smoke while the girls under louise's guidance explored the house only mexicans except for the chinese cook replied arthur it is impossible to get american help and the japs i won't have some of the ranch hands have been on the place for years but the house servants i hired after i came here a lazy lot eh suggested the major quite right sir but i find them faithful and easy to manage you will notice that i keep two or three times as many house servants as a similar establishment would require in the east but they are content with much smaller wages it's the same way on the ranch yet without the mexicans the help problem would be a serious one out here does the ranch pay asked mr merrick i haven't been here long enough to find out answered arthur with a smile so far i've done all the paying we shall harvest a big orange crop next month and in time the olives will mature but i've an idea the expenses will eat up the receipts by the end of the year no money in a california ranch eh why some of my neighbors are making fortunes i hear but they are experienced ranchers on the other hand my next neighbor at the north is nearly bankrupt because he's a greenhorn from the east some time when i've learned the game i hope to make this place something more than a plaything you'll stay here then asked the major with astonishment it's the most delightful country on earth for a residence you'll admit that sir when you know it better meantime the baggage wagon arrived and patsy and beth having picked out their rooms began to unpack and settle in their new quarters End of chapter three